but but when it's seen as a relationship thing, like Dan mm. was talking about earlier about being in a relationship with, with my with my children, yeah, um, yeah, that 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 sort of the the transactional nature falls away when you realize that this was about relationship from the start. To Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Pierron, and I'm here with my good brothers and uh, friends and all the other things in Christ, Aaron Richards and Dan Dimite. Not all the other and, things. Uh, all the other things. Like, uh, no, you're right. Precisely not all the other things. Maybe actually just the two things I said. But um, we're excited for today's episode. We're going to uh, launch in. And if you're joining us for the first time or listening for the first time, um, this is a show where we really focus on how encounters with Jesus and his church can lead us into lives of radical mission. And today we want to approach um, this um this both and in the church, that the church has expectations for us that um, it says that are best for us to attend to, but also it has this infinite mercy and forgiveness it gives to us. And how do we live a life where we don't overly fault on like, I can do whatever I want, but also not on, I have to do it exactly this way. We're going to jump into that today. But before we do that, Aaron, can you open us in prayer? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Let me try it again. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, Lord Jesus, we love you. And uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to engage in topics that challenge us. Uh, Lord, I pray that even as we discuss that we would, we would never um, be unwilling to see how it is that you convict our hearts. I pray, Lord, that as we dive into today's topic, that you'd teach us all something, that we'd be willing to receive the direction and the insight that you offer to see our hearts transformed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. And um, before we get uh, started here, if you're listening into this episode and you haven't listened to our last episode on inheritance, I'd encourage you to do that because actually it was that episode which got us talking a little bit about just these uh, areas in the church where there's profound truths that sometimes we can find tension in. We thought navigating around one of those would be awesome for the show today. Yeah. So check that out. Inheritance. Um, I don't even know what it's called, but it's about inheritance. So it's the last episode. Um as we start today, guys, I think I want to just um, start on the side of like expectation that the church from um, its beginning has just had expectations for people. I think it's one thing that actually sets the Catholic church apart is that we talk about the Sunday obligation. And we've all talked about how like there's a time in our life where it becomes an opportunity, not an obligation, but mm-hmm. it's still the church lays out expectations for us, um, the cooperation with grace, other things. Um, I, I think it'd be good for us to start with just like, why, why is that a good thing? Um, and, uh, yeah, like what's our experience been and how the church lays out its expectations to us? Yeah. You know, I, I was, I was sharing, uh, it's funny in context. So, um, I, I was processing with someone who had, who had received some poor theology as it pertained to the gift of tongues. We're just going to start right yeah, out there right in paint it. a big target. <laughs> <laughs> should, should, should we do that right now? Let's just go. And, uh, uh, you know, one of like the, the cringe worthy, um, teachings as it pertains to the gift of tongues is okay. Just, just open your heart and begin to do what you hear me do. Yeah. Right. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Right. And, uh, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato. <laughs> Should have bought a Nissan. Bought a, bought a so, uh, are you beatboxing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was, I was thinking to myself, man, um, I, it's so easy to be critical of that. 
And and as I began thinking, I was as I'm teaching my children to pray. I'm like, okay, how do I teach Felicity, my four year old, how to pray mm-hmm. the Hail Mary? Yeah. Well, Felicity, I want you to imitate what you Repeat hear me. After I want me. you to imitate what you hear me do. Yeah. Right. And and I, I don't want to draw a, a causal theology sure, thing there. Sure. If we want to talk about the gift of tongues sometime, I would be so on board for yeah, that. Let's yeah. do it next up. But uh, the <laughs> show notes. There, there is a there's a good place in the life of a Christian as we're maturing of actually being forced to do practices that are yeah. good for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I really value the, time, the, the reality that at some point, somebody spoke to me the importance of discipline in regard to daily prayer, mm-hmm. right? I don't still hold myself to that same expectation of that same type of discipline, yeah. right? Because now it's become something that's part of my heart. But there was a point where if I didn't get forced to do this thing, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, you know, I, 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 we're in that process with my kids right now, where the daily prayer routine is an expectation and a discipline that's mm-hmm. that's their responsibility to fulfill every day. Right. And my hope and my 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 confidence is that that mm-hmm. will transform into something that's actually a relationship that they carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So yeah, the Sunday obligation. I mean, right. Thank goodness that the mm-hmm. church forces me to go to mass on Sunday yeah, yeah. because sometimes I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be a, that would be a major loss mm-hmm. to my, to my spiritual life. That's good. The, <laughs> I was really worried this past Sunday because we decided to go to 5 PM mass yeah. and, uh, the Bengals were in overtime against the Steelers. That and it was, was the worst was, game to ever oh, watch ever. <laughs> it was a, an incredible. And I was like, I was like, Amber, I can't believe this. Like we should have gone to 8 a.m. mass because like, I'm going to miss the end of this game. Yeah. She's like, are you really stressed that you're going to miss the end of overtime as opposed to going to mass? Yeah, so I'm like, yes, yes I, I, am. Think I'm sorry. I am. I think I am. Good news. The, it ended up four forty-five. I made yeah. it to five p.m. mass, and I got to see the end of the game, watching the Steelers win, win which, which was painful. Was, yeah, but I, I loved it. last episode. Actually, we were talking about um, being like free from the law and not being slaves to the law, like uh, Paul says. And um, Aaron, you you said something that was really beautiful that I'd never really thought about. You talked about the even the civil laws that we have, you describe them as a mercy to us. So we're like mm-hmm. to teach us how to live the best life, to keep us safe, healthy, and uh, point us, yeah, point <laughs> us into a direction that is, is ideal for human flourishing. And I think you could look at the church's law or the expectations the church lays out as the same like that it's a mercy in and of itself. And I, I love the, the Psalms because a lot of times when, like when you're praying the Psalms and the liturgy, the hours and stuff, mm-hmm. you, I realize so often how the Psalms, like they're, they're blessed as the man who is faithful to the law, blessed as the man who observes the law. And, and the, the Psalms are so grateful for the law of Moses. And, uh, and then you get Paul who's kind of like, like don't live by the law. And, and, and it's, mm-hmm. you have to balance the two of those, right? Because they're both the word of God and they're both inspired where mm-hmm. the law is such a blessing to us. And it, mm-hmm. it guides us and it teaches us um, how to live life righteously and how to uh, be pointed in the direction that the Lord wants for us. And it's like, it's a cheat sheet. Like, and mm-hmm. while I figure this out, like mm-hmm. what's the best quickest way to get to, to figure it out. And, uh, and, and so I think that the Psalms, like looking at how they honor the law, um, or these expectations that are placed on us are a good way to say like, yeah, like, thank you, Jesus. for Yeah. This. Right. Yeah. Parameters. And there's something about like our, um, humanness that may have been imparted by the Lord, right. Since we were made in his image and likeness where we put up parameters, 
Like when you drive down a road, there's guardrails. Eventually someone decided, you know, guardrails might actually help here. There's rumble strips, which can be really irritating to me whenever I just kind of barely veer <laughs> off because I'm trying to go around a wood I don't piece on the road or something. But and like we might have different relationships <laughs> with rumble strips and guardrails. But we as humans put those in, right? Like um, our houses have walls to them. They're not just wide open. There's something about setting up the parameters to them. Like the cities that we find in ancient times and even now tend to have outskirts that are like, okay, what exactly does that mean? There's Do you something- believe in the border walls? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes like that, that's, uh, that's a question for a different day, but I was saying just that open yes, the can of worms. Yeah, opened it up. But no, I think that um, it's just interesting that, that we, we, t- we tend that way in our humanity at times. Obviously we also tend towards gates. Like you can't have walls without gates or gates without walls because they're purposeless without the other. But um, yeah, I want to talk maybe about the other side quick too. Um, And and not that they have to be a dichotomy. I'm not trying to say that today. What I am trying to say is an emphasis on one without the other can sometimes be problematic, but we need to see the goodness of both of them too. So not to create like a pure dichotomy here, but um (laughs) Then on, on on this side of the conversation today, there's this um, teaching in the church that I know has changed my life and has kept me from, uh, I don't know, infinite misery. <laughs> that, uh, the, uh, that the church is, is so unbelievably merciful because the Lord's so unbelievably merciful. The church is so forgiving because the Lord who established the church is so forgiving. Um, and... Again, I, I think there's a way by which we can look through that lens and allow it to excuse things. But before we jump into maybe the the extremes of the two sides that can be problematic, um, why don't we talk a little bit about the goodness of mercy and forgiveness? Mm. And I guess before we jump into that, I, I should probably say when I first had my conversion, because of what a doer I was my whole yeah. life and an achiever I was, I actually didn't like the church's teaching on mercy. Isn't that funny? Like it, it took me a little while to actually go. Because it's like, well, if you met him and he's real, then just do the life he says, mm-hmm. you know? And, man, I was like, well, I actually had to work through that over time um, just as a, as a point of, I guess, transparency for me. But anyway, the goodness of the mercy mm. and forgiveness teaching of the church. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I think the I, – I would kind of agree with you. In my early conversion, I thought talk of mercy was like what the liberals did. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. almost like there, there's orthodoxy and then there's that talk over there. He's that's that like, over yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm like virtue and justice. And um, and I think the uh, – I, I would say my my heart has just fallen in love with it I the more I've walked with people mm-hmm. and to see like – uh, the the reality of people striving and myself um, mm-hmm. to to live this life for the Lord and to realize, man, like the Lord has no desire for you to to shame yourself, to condemn yourself, to hate yourself. Like, and the Lord simply wants to love you. And this idea that the the more the more I've grown in 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 a loving relationship with the Father to discover my relationship with God, not as duty bound, but really, uh, if you will, son bound Mm -hmm. Uh, and and having a son myself, like my children, I have no, like, there's just so much forgiveness that I have for my children. And and I get, you know, I'm, I'm sad when they make the wrong choice, Mm -hmm. but I'm not angry. Right. Or, um, uh, I, I'm, I want them to get better. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
but forgiveness, I, it, like, I don't even have to think, do I forgive them? You know, like, yeah, it's just yeah. like, <clears throat> of course I forgive you. And now let's learn from that. Right. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it's, I think this, uh, like being yeah. a, a dad myself has helped me and having children specifically mm-hmm. and seeing my children try to be good and also sure. have times where they're, they're not living up to my expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's made it so much easier for me to see how the father would relate to us. That's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, really cool theological connection between God's justice and God's mercy. Yeah. Where if, if God behaves, acts in a way that is just, that means that in response to us, he has to take into consideration our own weakness. So, so mercy is actually implicit in the, in the justice of God. Mm -hmm. I was, I was giving a, I was giving a teaching on, uh, someone asked me to go give a presentation at a parish on divine mercy Sunday. And I had, uh, for, because of my own stupidity, right? <laughs> I had never really put a lot of uh, thought yeah. into into the the theology surrounding the divine mercy, mm-hmm. and in in doing some research into the revelation of that of that mystery and of that image specifically, uh, there was just some so some profound truths that that were spoken through revelation that uh, like the mercy of God is a unique kind of love that is given precisely to those who don't deserve it. Yeah. And to the degree to which you don't deserve love, that is the degree to which you are in fact predisposed to mercy. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so silly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but so beautifully profound. So yeah, I mean, like when we, when we, it's, it's difficult sometimes for someone who, who believes they're on the path of righteousness to even like the idea of mercy Right. Because there's this sense that like righteousness has to be earned. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if, if I, if I receive mercy or even give, you know, give a, give a thought of appreciation toward mercy, right. it, it sort of, um, it presents an affront to this idea that I can earn my own salvation Yeah, by definition. Yeah. But, but if, if that's where kind of my heart's located, mm-hmm. it, it rubs the wrong way. When it's been there throughout the, the course of church history, I, I, I love, I love because of how much it rubs me, the, um, just the the story of the workers in the field, the parable of the workers in the field. Oh yeah, the ones that work all day, and then <laughs> the ones that, that work for thirty minutes, and they all get paid the same. And what, <laughs> I think what's funny, I think what's funny I, is like I, that, I I love I could see that rubbing you, like yeah, just like yeah, it does. <laughs> just get so it angry. Does. No, it does. It does. It does. Well, and and this is my this, this is the reason I think this conversation is so important is I actually see it come from a good and bad place in me, mm-hmm. and and isn't that so unique in the Christian life that we can have thoughts that actually come from good and bad places. Yeah. Like it comes from an idea of like, oh, when the Lord offers himself, like we can't help but to say yes. You're so foolish to not go and work for every hour you can possibly get in in this life, in that Mm -hmm. vineyard with the father who's just the ultimate vine grower and the way he teaches you. You know, like there's a heart of like, I want that for you so badly. And for you to ignore that your whole life and come in for 30 minutes, it's like, it's not even fully that it's not that I don't want that person to receive a reward. It's that I can't even begin to explain to you how much you've missed. I think, yeah, you know? And so again, it does rub me. And I think, um, but the reason I'm wanting to bring that up is because it comes from a, a movie. Uh, no, no, just say it. You Can have I interject? I think that's actually, that's a beautiful revelation that, uh, it, it's sad that those who had been working in the the field that whole time yeah. were were disappointed that they 
it, it, they 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 didn't realize how good it was to work in the field. Yes. Like I mean, yes. I love working. Like, right, and I'm right. like so grateful that like I got to start working in the field early, yes, right? And yes, it's like yes. like thank goodness that like you, God out of your love and mercy, yeah. you let us yes, yes. figure this out at a young mm-hmm. age so that we got to live the adventure with you and work yeah. side by side and yeah. co-labor in your vineyard, which is the greatest gift ever yes. to to not only watch you save humanity, That's really good. but we get a like work with you as you save humanity. Yeah. Like, yes. Well, and my wounds have me misperceive the payment. Yeah. The, the payment's not that one day I could get into heaven. It's how long have I lived in heaven? Yeah. Right. Like that, that's the underlying story. Cause we always like in these parables want to find the good and bad guys. Mm-hmm. It's like, who's the good and bad guys. Yeah. Is it the younger son or the older son? Is it the, yeah. the workers, the whole, like, no, they, they both have goods and bads, mm-hmm. you know, like, but but because we're all wounded, we can approach conversations like the ones we're having today with a misperception of where the actual reward's at. That they're like, yeah, it wasn't that, yep, you guys can be in heaven with me for eternity. That's amazing. But you were you were seven and a half hours earlier in into heaven. Mm-hmm. It, and you're not even perceiving that because you didn't get a, a reward at the end that yeah. was what you were thinking. But I, I, I bring up um, that because that scripture always leads me to a real wrestle I had. And I want to present it to you guys and then hear what you think about this. It was in the movie. I think it was called silence and it came out. It was a movie about, um, early Asian, um, Catholic missionaries Mm -hmm. who were, who were bringing the locals into (laughs) conversion. And there was a, um, there was a man who, um, had converted to Catholicism. Right. And throughout the movie, this man regularly apostatized, apostatizes, however you say that word, yeah, he, he regularly rejects the faith. We'll say that. And, and literally the way that in a, they would have you, they, they were fine with you taking your personal prayer time. They were fine with you having a private faith, but in front of everyone so that it didn't catch fire and move, they wanted you to step on an image of Jesus and say, I reject the faith. And this man throughout the movie regularly steps on the face of Jesus. I'm talking like every 20 minutes in the movie or something. Wow. And then he constantly goes back to confession and confesses the same thing. And in the movie, I noticed in my heart, I was getting so angry, like just a very vulnerable place. I was like really mad. Mm. I was like, you're such a screw up. Like, stop going, stop stepping on the face and just die like a man or go run and do the scared thing, you know? Wow. And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, wait, like I do this all the time. Not, not in the same way, right? Like I'm not like going out because we live in an amazing country that doesn't force me to have to make those. I have no idea what kind of decision I would make at that exact juncture. I would hope it would be different, but who knows? But I regularly step on that face and I regularly run back. And it was just interesting in me that this like, you're not following expectations. But also I was seeing the beauty of the mercy. Like this man would just be weeping in confession and you'd see the priest like, the priest was getting frustrated. It was a beaut. Again, you can say what you want about the movie. I'm not sure it was all totally like perfect, but like the priest was even getting frustrated. Like, yeah, I guess you're forgetting, you know, absolution again. Like, is it's the same priest? Like, yeah. anyway, I wonder, like, I wonder if you guys have ever experienced that type of pool. Um, and, and like, I wonder if like the Lord did with me, if he's like, like showed you something about you in those pools. Because when I had that pool, it was just really interesting to leave the theater and go, whoa, that's actually me. And there's actually a frustration I have with me, which is, is why I'm getting a little like rubbed by this, but um, maybe not in that exact context, but I wonder if that inspires something else in you guys. I want to at least 
present an opportunity to comment. Yeah, it's interesting. On the last show, I shared kind of a, a moment that I had in reconciliation where I was I was brought to a new understanding of the the way that God wants to relate. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I think it, it it was really meaningful from seeing like that the, the the mercy and the forgiveness that God offers is is meant for a purpose, and that purpose is like to to bring me into a deeper and more intimate relationship. So mm-hmm. when it's when it's when it's seen, I don't know, when the mercy of confession or when the, the idea that, yeah, I can, I can regularly reject my faith and then come back is seen as a transactional thing. Yeah. Then I think, yeah, it, it becomes, it, it can become deeply frustrating. Yeah. Um, but, but when it's seen as a relationship thing, like Dan mm. was talking about earlier about being in a relationship with, with my, with my children. Yeah. Um, yeah, that 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 sort of the the transactional nature falls away when you realize that this was about relationship from the start. Good. Yeah. Yeah. When it's transformational and not transactional, it has a different experience in your heart. Yeah. When you think it's just I keep doing bad because I know I can and you'll forgive me, the relationship's out the window. Yeah. But if I keep coming back because I want to change, like I want to be transformed. Yeah. And I'm struggling to be transformed, but I do want it. Are you are you going to go anywhere deeper into the film at all? Um, I don't think so. So, but I, I don't know. I, I never saw it. Um, yeah. But I, it's funny. I, I I laughed when you brought it up because uh, I've I've had like multiple, multi-hour conversations about huh. that very topic, <laughs> yeah. uh, and with some of the guys here at Damascus. And I, I think that that whether it was that gentleman mm-hmm. or whether it was somebody else associated with the film, yeah. At one point, there was actually a moment in prayer where the individual received a word from the Lord that said, "Tread on me." Um, and that, that, like, that was actually what prompted his, mm-hmm. his demonstration in that mm-hmm. way, that it was like, you know, yeah, take that for what it's worth. But mm-hmm. in, in this moment, like the Lord Jesus gave an individual permission that, mm-hmm. Hey, this action mm-hmm. comes from a place of relationship. So like there was, mm-hmm. there was freedom even in that. Yeah, that it's act so that, tricky. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard it to is. paint a black and white. It is. <laughs> we should have gotten sponsorship from this film because <laughs> yeah, I want to go sure, watch sure, it sure, sure. No, but you have thoughts on that? I, 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 almost the opposite of what you suggested. So I, I get really, the, what, what, what wrestles inside of me is when people presume judgment that I'm judging them. I think the, hmm. oh, when I think of one of Monica and I, Aaron's wife, we had a conversation, um, years and years ago, like probably 2005 or 2006. I remember Monica said um, that we were, the conversation is what, what gifts do you bring Dan um, that will, uh, what gifts do you bring to our ministry? And, and, and what gifts do, do we, does she bring to the ministry? We're just talking about our gifts that we bring to the ministry. Yeah. And it was funny. The first thing that um, when I was reflecting on the gifts I bring, it was the, the gift I spoke of was just mercy and that Mm -hmm. I, for whatever reason have always in ministry had a a heart that is, is very quick to see the best in people and to, to really desire more for them. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it was beautiful to name that early on. And I, as, as I've grown in my faith, just asking Lord, why, why do I have that heart? And I think it's the chapel of divine mercy has always been so special to me to realize that, I just want so bad, like my heart just gets broken for anyone who's mm. in that situation, right? Yeah. And so there, there's very little judgment or anger. It's more brokenness. And so I see like yeah. the, the stepping on the the picture. I don't know if anger would have been or frustration. I think it would have just been uh, yeah. just sorrow for that person. Mm-hmm. But I, And throughout my whole 
like throughout my life, it seems like people just assume that if you do live according to the expectations of the church, that you're going to judge them. And it's like, no, I have no judgment of you. If you don't live according to the expectations of the church, Mm -hmm. I actually, my heart like loves you more for that. Like I I desire to, to talk to you. I desire to be in communion with you. And so it, like what rubs mm-hmm. against me is when the person presumes because I do follow the expectations mm-hmm. of the church, mm-hmm. I somehow condemn yes. them, right? Yeah, like sure, that's sure. not at all what's there. No, I see that in you. And I, I think that that's also what I honor about you, brother. I think that's, Thanks. I think that's something that um, has been so unique is it will, even in this podcast, the, the three of us tend to have nuanced lenses that we take into things that I think you don't always get to hear when you're listening to a radio show or when you're watching the podcast that we wrestle with like the different lenses we're bringing into things. Cause a lot of times our heart is in agreement, but we're like, I see this a little different. Like, yeah. What does that mean? And where does that come from? Those are the, those are the good things. I think, um, I, I think that's actually a great um, segue. Cause I, what I want to try to speak to again, I'm not wanting to make these a dichotomy because even to Aaron's point, justice and mercy that they are the Lord. So to make it a dichotomy is foolish, but just for the sake of having a human conversation, like, I think that the reason that we wanted to bring this particular attention up is on the expectation side, what can happen sometimes is to your point, Dan, we're like, if you don't follow this formula, you're condemned. Like we won't consider you in the fold, right? Like, and the formula becomes so specific though, that it feels forced that it's like, like I relate it to like, if in personal prayer, you say someone is not having a personal prayer life unless they pray the rosary for example, right? Like that's clearly demanding conformity where the church has honored a diversity of expression. Like mm-hmm. that can be, that can be too far this way. Then on this side, I, I think the, the, the far extreme can be to Aaron's point. It's no longer a relational thing. You're just a usury piece for me where it's like, Oh God, I know you love me. Right. And I think we see that in the Western um, American culture a lot. Yeah. Like only God can judge me. You know, only God can judge me. I live life the way I want to, and he loves me, you know? And both of those, I think we at the table can see kind of the the, the fault in play. Yeah. And, and I think the church has always said something like, set the bar high, like incredibly high, like heavenly high, knowing you're always going to miss the mark and let me fill the gap with mercy. But we struggle staying in that because we're like, well, should I lower the bar so I feel better? about myself yeah. or should I leave the bar so high and go, I might as well just strive to reach it someday, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, it, it maybe, may uh, maybe I'm not articulating it perfectly, but I'd love to hear what you guys think on that. I do think this is where attention in our church is coming up in this season yeah. where it's like, you have these two camps that are kind of setting up encampments on like, I'd rather fault on following expectations and obligations under all circumstance. And this uh, aside that's setting up an encampment on like, trust what the Holy Spirit's doing in people on the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I, the thing is, there's a good and bad part of my pool. I know that. And I know my lens is flawed, but I see good and bad in both. Mm-hmm. I see like, well, I see where your heart's at. And that's why I think we have to be in dialogue. So maybe we can start the dialogue today. I don't know. What is, what does that say to you guys? Maybe that mm-hmm. analogy or the, the extremes that we, I think all agree are, are too far. What, what's the interplay supposed to look like? What is um, yeah. our call? I I don't think I live this perfectly yet. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, yeah right. I I think I'm far from I'm far from perfect on it. I, I just recall having a conversation with an individual recently where um, 
like he gave me plenty of opportunity to press in and give direction in his life. And my tendency was, I'm just, I'm just going to hang out and wait for a little bit before I have some more, uh, kind of social equity until I can press in here. So, um, I'm, I'm even as you're speaking, I'm asking, okay, so what is it in me that hesitates? And I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's the fear of being perceived as judgmental, right? It's the fear of, of, of kind of falling into that trap. I think what we're missing is a, a phrase that we use here at Damascus, which is leading like a father or leading like a mother. Um, there's a, there's a guy in our men's group, um, Dan Boyden, who I, who I think of frequently in around this topic, mm-hmm. who is just, he's, he's steadfastly aggressive in, <laughs> in engaging every human person he meets with, in, love. Yes. with, with, with love and just, uh, just an amazing discipline in conversation mm-hmm. of like, Hey, random attendant at the gas station that I just met, you realize you're living in sin and that God has more for you. There's a tenacity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. and it always comes from a place of of um, amazing love. Yeah. And uh because it's because it's accompanied by, oh, and by the way, what are you doing tomorrow mm-hmm. night? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt my life. Yeah. So I can so I can walk with you to bring you to a place of, mm-hmm. of betterment. Yeah. And uh I'd I'm, i so admire him. Yeah. Um and uh I, I think I think, yeah, it's it's uh it's it's probably I'll, 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 I'll settle there. Right. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's an unwillingness to engage in a process of fatherhood where I realize that, okay, not only do I have a responsibility to, um, to offer correction, yeah. but I also have a responsibility to interrupt my life, mm-hmm. to be able to st- to walk with somebody in the process of becoming a better version of themselves. Yeah. Right. And when you're unwilling to do either of those things, then you're unwilling to do both. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. The wedding of the two, because the father runs out and embraces the son who was lost, but he also reproves who he loves. Yeah. And man, so, so I, so I can't, I can't speak to that situation in that person's life because, because why? Because I'm unwilling Mm. to interrupt my life to actually give the time that I know it's going to take. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm, mm. It's so this, the, this dialogue is so hard, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. the, I just want to be Jesus. And like, so you have the, the Pharisees who lived the law of Moses, mm-hmm. but they didn't live the law of love. And mm-hmm. you had Jesus who was able to live the law of Moses and the law of love. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and the, um, the, the trouble would be if we, we suggest that the, um, the, if, if we suggest that, uh, the expectations that the church places on us, mm-hmm. we want to live that beautifully, and we want to yeah. call people to live that beautifully. We also want to live the law of love and mercy beautifully. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you just even think about our our last three, like what's wrestling to me the last um, couple of years. And I can't, I can't, I I don't know the solution to be completely honest. Is I want people when they encounter me to to encounter what people encountered in Jesus that when, Mm -hmm. when, when people weren't living the law of Moses, when they encountered Jesus, they didn't feel shame and condemnation, but he was perfectly living the law. Like it wasn't like, and so it wasn't, what was it about him? And I, and when I reflect on that, what Mm -hmm. was it about his character? Because a lot of times when people encounter me, Mm -hmm. it it seems like all of a sudden they feel guilty if they're not going to mass. It's like, wait, I'm not, I'm not putting like, I'm not condemning you for not going Mm -hmm. to mass. I'm just trying to be in relationship with you right yeah. now and love you and um and the the 
but people didn't feel condemned by Jesus. And mm-hmm. I, I think about, I don't know why, but I always think about John Paul II. He, he was so amazing at like mm-hmm. the truth. I mean, he lived the splendor of truth so powerfully and yet he lived mercy mm-hmm. and love so beautifully. And, and, yeah. and you have, and people encountered that when they encountered him, the both and they encountered both did, love yeah. and mercy and truth and justice. And then, but like the, the public perception even of like Benedict was that, whoa, he seems really like strong and like truth oriented and like, yeah. but actually he was a very gentle, mm-hmm. merciful man. For but, sure. But sometimes a public perception was the law. Yeah, and, yeah. and then even Francis, you have the same thing where it's like the public perception is mercy and do whatever you want, where yeah, it's like, no, yeah. Francis is orthodox, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so like, why is it that Benedict was projected by the common man is over here yeah. and Francis is over here. How did, how did John Paul II get himself in the middle where he was yeah. both in? And how did Jesus get himself in the middle where he's both in? It's like, I want that so bad. Yeah. I don't like, well, could it be that we're feeling their, their wrestles as humans that I, I do think that if we look at Ratzinger and Bergoglio, like if we look at Pope Emeritus Benedict and Pope Francis, the times when they're wrestling with their own humanity, they kind of do tend to those sides. If we're going to call sides sides, you can hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not like, but there's a beauty in that. Yeah. And if the Holy spirit's leading the church, like, wow, he went back to back with those two. Yeah. Like, is he trying to teach us something here? I I think he is like, there's a dialogue that I don't think has been happening because even like the wrestle I have, Dan, um, in in the things you're saying are, are very similar. It's like they, they didn't feel condemned, but, but Jesus flipped the tables of money changers yeah. and they felt condemned. Yeah. He literally said, stop making my father's house a marketplace. And they were sinners and tax collectors just the same as the ones he was eating dinner with. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, well, you made them feel really bad. So it's not about not making people feel bad always. I'm not saying go do it all the time. Like yeah. there's a reason that's in John two though. There's a reason John said, this would probably be worth knowing that Jesus did. Um, which is hard for me when, when the rich young ruler walks away sad, that's hard for me. Yeah. When Jesus calls the woman a dog, that's hard for me. Uh, I, I wouldn't have approached that pastorally the same way Jesus did. <laughs> I wouldn't have, like, I just wouldn't have. And a uh-huh. lot of times we, we cherry pick scripture at times. Mm-hmm. We're like, look, look at Jesus with Mary Magdalene and look at Jesus with the woman at the well. Sure. I agree. I'm not taking those out. But yeah. I'm also not taking the other ones out. Yeah, exactly. It's also interesting that the woman at the well and the flipping of the tables come very close in yeah. proximity. What is that supposed to tell us? Hmm. Like the the father reproving who he loves. I think sometimes it's because we've been reproved that in a way that's not loving. Mm-hmm. So we can't imagine a father who reproves out of love because all of our reprovements always been out of jousting with the other person. I don't know that to be true. It just feels like that could be something there. And then on the other side, it's like, well, I want to make sure everyone feels welcome because there's times when I haven't. Yeah. And man, like to your point, Dan, there's a threading of this needle that that in all honesty, I think we're supposed to bring. Like, like if we're gonna be the church of the 21st century, um, oh it was dang it, what were the millennia's? It was beautiful. John Paul II said this that the first millennia was the um the church of unity. The second millennia was the church of disunity. And the third millennia will be the church of reunity. Mm. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. Like, I think I might be paraphrasing, but he was just talking about how the first 1,000 years we were together on this. And we had a lot of disagreements. We yeah. had some wacky stuff happen too. But then the second millennia, we were like, I'm done with you. Because well, you think different. And then the third, like, okay, well, how do we 
<laughs> how do we yeah. fix the mess that's been schism and pro- protest? Well, we know. need the Holy Spirit to do it because yeah. the it is actually really challenging times where how do we, in the midst of a culture that is um, <clears throat> pushing the LGBT agenda forward and pushing... Because uh, love of, is love. Yeah, right? yeah, They're yeah. even using the word. They're even using yeah. the Christianity exactly. word. Christianity's word. Yeah, yeah. Even I think the right now there's like the Right of Marriage Act happening. It's mm-hmm. like, well, that's, mm-hmm. but what is the, like, to, to increase marriage rights for everyone? But it's like, well, you're not even using the word marriage correctly. And it's like, mm-hmm. but how do we, how do we defend the truth in our current world and yet still at the same time, have mercy and love and compassion on all of these, mm. uh, it, it, this, the current world, yeah. right? Like, it's just this, like, it's a really challenging time to, to make sure we don't back down on the, on the importance of truth, right? And the importance of the mm. Lord has given us his law and we need to call people into the law and that is loving and that is merciful and that is just, right? Mm. And we need to defend that not only in the church, but outside the church as well, because this is, this is divine law. And yet at the same time, mm-hmm. like not push everyone away from the church That's really good. because we're defending the truth. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. so hard in, in our current yeah. world. I even, it was... No, I'm sorry. You guys can respond. No, I was I was going to see what you think I, on that, Aaron. It, I just don't know the answer. So no, no, well, I don't think it's it's not an answer thing. Here's a show where we present questions with no answers. I, I don't I don't want to take this uh, like uh, outside of what you're saying, Dan. I'm, I'm trying to like I think add to it. Let me know if you want to come back. But I think when you said that, what stood out to me, I felt like Holy Spirit was prompting me to think like. Bear with me, but Jesus says He's the way, the truth, and the life. Some people will find the way and be led to the truth and the life. Some people will find the truth and be led to the way and the life. And some people will find the life and be led to the way and the truth. Mm. And like some of us, because we found the truth, we're like, everyone's got to find the truth. Well, some, some people are so far away from the truth that it might be better to present them the way. Yeah. That then brings them towards the truth. Again, I'm, I'm just playing with this like live in the moment, but when I look at the world today, what, what do we see as the fundamental issues? We like the world is lied to, the world is lost, and the world can be um, indifferent, mm-hmm. right? W- what are what are the solutions to those? Way, truth, and life. Yep. And so I wonder, you know, sometimes we can get so caught up in our own experience because of how good it's been. Yep. You know, like the Lord did win me largely because of truth mm-hmm. in my life. It was just like he encountered me and I then encountered him. Like he, he broke through <laughs> and then I was like, whoa, this is real. Yep. I remember that literally being my response is this is real and true. So great. I got, well, how do you live this way? And how can I get life from that? Yep. And so I have a tendency yeah. to be like all protected, everybody. It's true, mm-hmm. which has gifts that have been brought to me because of that heart but also significant shortcoming. No, I love that. I think that's a, that's a really, really good thing because I think the, the reality is um, just do whatever he tells you, right? Like mm. I, I think yeah, I, I know Benedict is a whole, Benedict the 16th was a holy man, right? Mm-hmm. Francis is a holy man. And I, I believe that they are doing what the Holy Spirit is asking of them in the church today. And I think even though they approached it differently, right? And um, the... 
the important thing is what how is the Lord asking me to be a reflection of his character mm-hmm. in this world? And um for me, I think it is the way, right? This idea of like, I'm just gonna preach the gospel. And as I preach Jesus, mm-hmm. my my and lead people into an encounter with the Holy Spirit, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit convicts the heart of sin and righteousness. So I, I my 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 intentionality or philosophy mm-hmm. is if I preach Christ and I preach the Holy Spirit, when they receive Jesus mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, their hearts will be convicted of sin mm-hmm. and righteousness. So my entry part, my 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 mm-hmm. my I, I enter with that, right? Yeah. Whereas someone who has encountered Jesus through the power of his truth, that their their uh starting point may be apologetics, it's right? It's all right. And if it's if it's apologetics, yeah. that's amazing. And there's going to be people who are attracted to that and are converted by that. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people who are attracted by the my methodology and, and converted by yeah, that. Yeah. And then there will be people who my methodology doesn't work and the apologetics methodology doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. And that's okay because we're the body of Christ. Yeah, we're not, not Jesus let's, himself. Let's not discount each yeah, other. Right? Yeah, and it's yeah. Like, as long as we're faithful to the lane that the Lord calls us to, good, good. He, he's, he's operating through yeah. us. Yeah, wrestle with that for us, Aaron. That's funny. I, well, so two two observations. Number one, I, I just I look at my own my own life, and um, I, I think back to when I was I'm, I'm the oldest of six kiddos. Uh, I I remember uh, so I like to run a run a tight ship and keep like uh, keep things orderly and clean. And mm-hmm. when I look back to when that started, it was it was the way that I was raised. I remember mm-hmm. I was probably three or four years old. Um, at one point, I, I left my Legos out when I was playing, and my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, made a statement to me. She said, well, Aaron, if you don't clean up your Legos, then how will they get cleaned up? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't clean up the Legos. That's so funny. Up. If only that could work that <laughs> yes, easy with my yes, children. Yes. And, and I, I think, you know, certainly, and my, my, my greatest strength has also been my greatest struggle, right? This is, yeah. there's been, there's been many areas in my life where I've, where I've, after falling off, after falling out of, out of discipline and behavior mm-hmm. have, have just beaten myself up to no end. But yeah. like for a, there's, I didn't have to get convinced that mm-hmm. like, okay, this is the right way to live life. Then just yeah, do it. Yeah. Like, right. Just do the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder, I wonder if so on an individual basis, like if it would, if it would do us well to realize that, okay, maybe, maybe the way that, that Dan's heart is moved, isn't the way that the person that Dan's talking to his heart is moved. So we've got to adopt some, per, some perspective here about mm-hmm. like, God, give me the grace to let your words land on the right target. And, and then my, my, I guess my bigger reflection is, uh, do you think that that shift that, that often happens on an individual level might also happen on a cultural level? Hmm. So, so was there a time in the church or a time in human history where, where most people were maybe oriented toward a receptivity to apologetics? Yeah. Where they were more open to truth. You know, when, when C.S. Lewis was just wielding the sledgehammer Mm -hmm. of, of mere Christianity, (laughs) right? Right. Right. Uh, and, and, and you see even in, in the, uh, like the, the evangelical movements Mm -hmm. of, um, of, of those, you know, Billy Graham, you know, those, those crusades were, were public forum, public debate. Were they, were they, were they effective because there was a, there was a certain mindset that was adopted in the, like in the people that, that made them effective at that time. And if that's the case, then what's the mindset now? Good. And and how do how are we called to address a population mm-hmm. where where you know truth might not mean a whole right, lot? Right. Well, I think that's an interesting thing because truth, goodness, and beauty are the transcendentals, right? And and again, I, I don't I don't have the full answer, but the way the truth and the life has that in it too. 
the way usually focuses on goodness. Yeah. The life usually focuses on beauty. It, it just, it kind of tends that way because the Lord just made things like that. And even mm-hmm. with what you're saying, Dan, I, I think you're one of the best in the church at presenting the way. And it, it does come from a place of, of speaking outright goodness. And I do think that when, when I look at like, I think Aaron, your ability to take in the nuances of life, um, have been so profound for me and opening my eyes to the beauty of the, what can be perceived as mundane. And it's interesting when I look at my life, because what you were saying there, Aaron, like my orderliness is what I was always affirmed in. Yeah. It's what made me good. Like Brad writes unbelievable essays because they're orderly and structured. Like Brad adheres to a schedule, which has made him a great athlete. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Brad makes his bed perfectly. Brad's handwriting is something I've never seen before. And the, the things that <laughs> I, those are all true. No, 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 <laughs> but like your handwriting is strikingly beautiful. <laughs> yes. But this is my thing is it's, I've uh, just total like vulnerability. I've struggled journaling with the Lord because I don't write fast enough because I'm it's beautiful because I've only taught, right? Like in there's one sense of like the beauty of it is good, but there's another sense of it where it's like, I can't get out of this. Yeah, this is my perfectionist <laughs> yeah. trap. Yeah. Not trap. You can. T- I'm just being vulnerable here because yeah. what I'm saying is, I wonder if it would do us well to Aaron's point if we recognize in our lives as Christians that those are the things we're operating out of. And to your point, Dan, I am less quick to judge someone when I begin seeing, you know, they got good and bad in them, and they're figuring it out with the Lord and Holy. Sp- and then I, I get a heart of intercession mm-hmm. that's like, let the goodness totally outweigh mm-hmm. the, the badness in them. Mm-hmm. And again, like I'm obviously making it over simplistic, but, but it does like, what if in that movie on silence, I actually go, Lord, for anyone in the world that's like this man, I, I just pray your grace. That's the right move. Like, look, like, <laughs> and man, I don't do that first. Anyway, it's I think a, it's, it's interesting. See. I think the, how do you, yeah, how do you apply evangelistic principles here? Right. So like, as you're mm-hmm. saying, how, what's mm-hmm. the, what's the best approach for our culture today? And it's, it's really tricky. We got it, it's funny we don't pay attention a lot to the comments but they are um our producing team sent us uh one of the comments that said uh from our I, I don't even remember which ep- episode it was yeah, but they, sure. it was like just stick with values, virtues and justice today. Don't talk about religion. That just causes problems. And I, when I read that I was like, well no, why would we not talk about religion? Yeah. Like that's absolutely critical. That's why we do what we do, right? Yes. But I do think there is something that that's why Jordan Peterson is so attractive to so many people is he's speaking um, principles of life yeah. from a starting point of yeah. principles of life yeah, as yeah. opposed to um, speaking about principles of life from the starting point of religion, yeah, right? Yeah, and sure. I think just the nature of us being Christian today as a starting point people mm-hmm. experience judgment right away. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was so, it was so sad. I was at the airport this past week, uh, mm-hmm. flying home and I'm at a bar and I'm, I'm just, I'm drinking a beer and there's these two other guys, uh, drinking beers and, and the bartender, she's like goofing off with these two other guys. And she started like, she's twerking and like, <laughs> I'm like, well, she's twerking. Okay. You know, yeah, but sure. she's like dancing and goofing off. They're laughing and all of that. And I start having conversation with the, with them. And, I realized they're like, oh, yeah, we're from Marengo, Ohio. I'm like, what? Whoa. That's like right next to yeah. Cinderberg where we're, our campus is at. And they're like, whoa, you guys are, are you, you're from that like giant Catholic camp. And, yeah. and it was so funny because the bartender, she was like, 
oh wait, you're cat, you're Christian, and the guys are like, no, 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 he's he's not Christian, he's Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, well technically, yeah, we but uh, but it was uh, it, it was yeah. interesting. As soon as she realized, because she was mm-hmm. goofing off with me, uh, but as soon as she realized I was Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. She. She, she literally lowered her head, bowed her shoulders, and walked away. It was like, well, wait, we were just yeah, we were just in yeah, communion, yeah. and then the moment you realized I was Catholic, yep. your your disposition changed, and you left. And yeah. it was like, that's how do I like how do I respond as Christ in a world where their disposition to the church is that, right? Like, because like that, I'm not going to be able to win people over to Christ if they're predisposed so quickly by the fact that I'm Christian or by the fact that I'm Mm. Catholic that I've already rejected them. That's really good. It's like, whoa, what have we done? Yeah, yeah, and how do we get back to that? And that cultural standard, we can't bow down and, and stop defending the truth. Yes, you're right. But, but but there's mercy and but love. If you, here. But if you just bludgeon people with the truth, they'll walk away like that. And and is that the goal of the Christian? Yeah, life, and I had know? I had I was actually just enjoying conversation. There was no, no sure, there was sure. no condemnation and there was no agenda. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, man, relationship broken. Yeah, yeah. There, there, even if I wanted to like witness the joy of the gospel, that's I can't so good. That's so good. I think. I mean, there's a that's million a different point. responses to that. There right? is. But yeah. I, I think what what I what I take away is that. Uh, we we exist in a place, and maybe we always have, and mm-hmm. you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, where we just we can't do this thing by accident anymore. Yeah. Huh. So, so you know, whether it's you, Dan, or whether it's Brad or myself, or yeah. or anybody who's listening to today's mm-hmm. show, like every every interaction that you have is not only an opportunity for evangelization, but you are actively engaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like it, to the degree to which you're you're entering into that mm-hmm. by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you you better hope that your accidental predisposition is partnership with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm <laughs> That's not such looking, a rich yeah. point, actually, because it's funny because like people in Jesus's time, the they would pin him in these corners of political nightmares, right, yeah. where there yeah, was no yeah. good answer, and then Jesus gives the, mm-hmm. the best answer in the world, right? Like, who will you serve? Like, wh- who will you pay taxes to? All of these yeah. like questions, and what's the greatest law, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Jesus always has the perfect answer. And it's because Should we stone her according to the law. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. And it's just, Jesus was so guided by the, the yeah, Holy spirit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And the, the only, the only way to respond is through the Holy spirit. Yeah. Well, I'm hear me on this, but like, I'm not in that bar to justify my existence as a Catholic, right? Like I'm not in there to win. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in there to love. Like I'm in there to actually help you know that there is a reason for your existence, not justify mine. Yeah. But I so often go in on a defensive right away. Like, let me tell you all the truth I know because I've studied instead of like, man, I hope you can meet this man who changed my life, you know, like, and maybe making this argument right now would make me feel powerful, but it wouldn't help you meet him. And if that's not the point, then I don't know what is. I do want to make one quick um, segue because I, I want to kind of land us here. I think Jordan Peterson's a good segue for it because I think what he's been speaking more than anything, and I probably listen to Jordan Peterson more than about anyone I know. That's and, true. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's true. I've also I've also read his books, and um, which are only three. So the first one's uh, it's a, quite the mountain to climb. But um, ultimately what he's been saying is you're not all you can be. And that's okay, but you know it, and let's work on it. Mm-hmm. Literally, I think that's his message. 
like if I could boil down, I don't know, hundreds of hours of listening, probably more, but like, you're not all you can be. That's okay. To the extent that you know that acknowledge it and work on it. And it's like, and again, he would, even if he was here, he would go, no, that's not okay. And here's why. <laughs> and, and I understand what he's saying there, but I'm trying to boil it down. So simply he's saying, it's okay that we recognize that's where we're at. Yep. Now let's work. I do actually fundamentally think he's tapped into something that if the church would uh, adopt back into the very way that Jesus presented that, it could be powerful. I wonder what you guys think about that. Well, that, I mean, I love how you describe his methodology because, uh, uh, and whether or not he would describe his methodology is that or not, but the, yeah, I'd be, I'd be peculiar. There, there are, curious, there's like these eternal truths, right? Like mm -hmm. the fact that I know that I'm not everything I'm supposed to be means that there is an expectation that I know that's out there that I'm not yet hitting. And so huh. built in humanity is divine law, right? Built Hunger in, for infinity. Yeah. For it, we know that there are expectations of what it means to be human. And hmm. the that natural tension of, even though the, the culture wants to say there isn't objective truths, built inside of us, we know there's objective truths, right? Yeah. Like yeah. everyone is against stealing when someone steals your wallet, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like we know it's there. It, the question is, when you realize that, mm -hmm. do you go to shame or do you experience mercy, right? That's really and that's good. the beauty of the, the church or of the Father is that if I'm in relationship with the Father, when I realize I'm not measuring up to the expectation, mm -hmm. I should experience love and mercy and the encouragement to keep going, yeah, right? Yeah. That I, I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. But it is beautiful that there is, even though it feels like our world has just written off any form of expectation, yeah. they really haven't. There, there yeah, are still, right. sure, there's sure. still a hunger inside of the, the heart uh -huh. of man for expectation. I would say even it, those who are living far from the law right now with like LGBT and all of that, there's still this yeah. expectation that they're striving to <laughs> bring into the world of this idea of love right yes. and like uh, and and embracing humanity for who they are yeah. and it's very interesting but we haven't rejected it completely yeah. and there's hope there yeah and it's funny that you say that because there's also uh, a priest friend of mine once told me he said that um shame and guilt are different guilt is actually an infinite mercy mm. because it's that part of me that knows that there's something more than this which helps me know it's not me but it's him mm. and that was always helpful for me because i'd be like i don't want to fall into shame but i do feel like like that prompting to go pray or something. It's like, well, that's that merciful word mm. of the Lord. Like, Hey, you're not all you can be. That's yep. okay. Let's change it. You know, something like that. But no, I agree. Yeah. Cause that shame response, that was what happened when we forgot who we were in the garden and it's been with us since, but that guilt is that mercy of like, Oh, I'm, I can be more than this. I didn't do that there. Okay, Lord, you can have that. Let's get on mm. with it. You know? Yep. Um, good. Um, yeah. Um, Aaron, before you close this in prayer, um, I think it might just be best to give maybe a quick synopsis, right? So we've been talking a little bit about how the church in her infinite beauty mimics the Lord in that she has expectations for us that allow us to have some parameters that we build our life on. And then we realize more expectations as we go because we were built for goodness. We were built for eternity. We were built for beauty. Anytime we set the bar that high, we are bound not to hit it right? Sin means missing the mark. And so we're going to miss that mark. And that's where the Lord's infinite goodness uh, allows for his forgiveness and mercy to cover the gap. But if we divorce one from the other and set up an encampment on one side or the other, we should ask ourselves just like, why am I so driven here and so anti there? 
and begin having that dialogue, which I think will then bring the church into the evangelistic mission of bringing people back under her roof instead of cowering away at a bar and walking away because we're Catholic. Um, Aaron, do you want to go ahead and close us in yeah. prayer? Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I just want to, I want to echo the prayer that we, uh, we started the day with that, that Lord, w- whatever words were spoken today, that they'd hit the target of the hearts of those who need them. Mm. So, uh, Jesus, whether, uh, whether we gathered fruit from today's conversation that w- will have equipped us for mission or whether we, whether we gathered fruit from today's conversation that speaks to our personal need, Lord, I pray that you'd amplify that connection that you've made and that you'd give us the grace to continue to walk in partnership with you as we continue the work of evangelization and this path toward knowing you more fully for ourselves. God, let those things be tied because uh, you love your amen. church. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The Father, and the Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. amen. So whether you encounter the way, the truth, or the life today, know that you're encountering Jesus, and we hope that you encounter him every day so you can live a life of radical mission. Again, this is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. If you'd like to leave some comments about what you thought about this episode or go back and listen to the Inheritance episode and throw some comments there. Also, if you want to share this with someone you think would benefit from it or like and subscribe and do all the things good to get this message out to more people, we'd be appreciative of it. We want to thank our sponsors at St. Gabriel Radio and at EWTN for just all the support you've given us over the years. Um, Thank you guys so much, and thank you for listening today. We'll see you next time. God bless.